You're listening to the highlights from the Creative Processes interview with Susan Scarf-Marrow. To listen to the full interview or hear more about the Creative Process projects, please visit www.creativeprocess.info. So just tell me what, I knew you went to Bennington. I did. And, and what, I mean, there, there are many interesting writers, but what attracted you particularly to Shirley? I, I went up to Bennington to the writing seminars with my husband to give a talk. And while I was giving the talk, I uh, sat in on some of the graduate lectures that the writing seminars MFA candidates have to do. And I got in the car to drive home and I said to my husband, I, I want to go to grad school. I want to go there. And I had already published two books at that point. I really, um, there was no logical reason that I would be going to grad school, but I had always sort of thought that there that there was something that I would be more comfortable with if I went through a grad program. And so six months after I um, gave that talk, I was actually in the next class at, um, at the writing seminars. And um, it's a low residency program, so you develop a reading program with your mentor and you uh, exchange uh, fiction and annotations on the books that you're reading all semester long, you know, for six months. And so in the very first meeting that I had with this writer named Rachel Paston, she said, well, what, what is it that you're interested in learning? And I said, well, I really want to write about domestic things, but with a twist, with some kind of magic in them. And she said, have you ever read Shirley Jackson? And I had read Haunting of Hill House, you know, when I was 12. And I, um, and I, went back home and I reread Haunting of Hill House and then I read We Have Always Lived in the Castle and by the end of the semester I had read everything Shirley had written and I uh, came back up to school for my second semester and I was meeting with my new mentor and, um, and I said uh, that I had been reading her and he said, well you know she lived here, she lived and worked here and I said, no, I had no idea because I knew nothing about her life story. And so then I went to the library at the college and I realized that she lived in a house for one of the two houses that she lived in the whole time she lived in Bennington uh, was a house I had walked by every day on my way to uh, get coffee and that that market where I was buying my cup of coffee every morning was Powers Market where the idea for the lottery came to her and there's a famous story about how uh, she went running home from the grocery store pushing the pram up the hill and went in and wrote the story in three hours and um, and so it just kept happening for me that um, that I would meet somebody and they would say, oh, well, my husband was best friends with one of the Hyman children, one of Shirley's children, when, uh, when, uh, when they were in high school, or um, I have this treasure trove of letters, or I know this person who was Shirley's husband's best friend, and things just kept happening. She wow. just kept sort of... Uh, pushing into my consciousness in some way and so if in many ways I felt as if she found me I didn't find her. And what did you discover about her and, and yourself I suppose also in the writing of the novel? Well that's such a good question <laughs> and and I'm not entirely sure 
what I discovered about her, I mean, I certainly, what I imagined about her was how she got from A to, to Z in a certain way and what it would be like to go through a, a fallow period in one's career. Because um, I was really writing about a period of time when she was agoraphobic and she did, you know, didn't leave the house and wasn't writing. And uh, that, was, um, that was tremendously interesting to me and I think something that resonated for me personally because at the time that I went to grad school, you know, I had really been wrestling with um, whether I wanted to continue writing or not and whether I had anything else that I wanted to say. So mm -hmm. I, get, I guess you could say that I learned that writers write <laughs> um, no matter what and that, you know, she has this wonderful uh, moment in her journals, which, as I say, are at the Library of Congress and so well worth going to look at. I cannot recommend that journey highly enough, um, where she uh, is responding to something that her therapist has said to her, and she writes in her journal, writing is the way out, writing is the way out, writing is the way out. And I think that's true. I learned something about how novelistic truth is different from human truth in writing this book. Um, and as I say for myself, I think I learned that no matter what, I'm just going to keep doing it, no matter what yeah. happens, that it wasn't really, it isn't really a thing that I have a choice about doing, not, yes. in, a, not in a kind of weird, like overly dramatic way. It's just something I love to do so much. Yeah. And in your own work, and I'm thinking about the other things that you've dealt with in, in other books, of, focus on family, whether um, fiction or non-fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've just discussed some of those themes and we were talking before dinner the other night about how uh, architecture, bringing in your mm -hmm. husband, um, right. James Merrill, how... Also a gym, but not... A gym, I was thinking about that, you <laughs> yes. have your own, <laughs> my own gym. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and how you, you approach books or stories from, from that point of view, yeah. So... so I mean, that's something that I have um, really grown into. And I think with Shirley, with Shirley, that was the first time that I very consciously um, used the notion of what a house is and what, um, what a house does for a character, uh, you know, as part of the planning of a book. And of course, because Shirley was agoraphobic, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was sort of given to me in mm -hmm. a certain way, but I also think that was part of the appeal for me. The the idea of a novel as a as a structured narrative that you wander through, and that the intent of the of the architect, the writer, the intent is uh, to drive you through the rooms uh, with a particular. Uh, kind of information reveal and yeah. um, that's something that I think Jim brings very consciously to his design work in terms of how you live and work in houses that he creates and I have been trying more and more to bring to my written worlds 
in terms of how they are experienced as um, as wholes that are you know that as whole institutions that you go through. Sure, to to different extents, whether it's a larger narrative or not. You're world building, and I think that particularly with novels, short stories it depends on the length, but people inhabit novels and they're yeah. sorry to leave them and they return to them. You know, they right. reread them. Right. They have that sense. And and often there is the sense that uh, that you can walk through mm-hmm. a, a house of a novel that you have really loved. You can walk through Northanger Abbey a thousand right. times or um, Moby Dick or Light in August, that these are books that welcome you back time and time mm-hmm. again. I think that's true of Shirley's work. I've yeah. read all of her books multiple times and mm-hmm. they never cease to, um, to reveal new things to me. Mm-hmm. And that would, be, that would be a goal for me as well, something that I would strive towards, that I would, I would like that kind of world building to take place, mm-hmm. that, you, that you can see a different view out each window every time you pass them. So. Yeah. How can we um, better improve our education models, you know, to be teaching, embracing the arts, creating more creative individuals, engaged individuals, not just in arts education, but, you know, throughout? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Susan Sullivan. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, please! I, I, I just don't want to share. You know, no. I mean, obviously, I believe that reading is incredibly important for creating empathy and enhancing the imagination. And I think the idea I read somewhere earlier this week that because of the Common Core many students graduate from high school never having read a novel you Um, know and mm -hmm. that's kind of astounding to me I think you know the all the research that says that we develop empathy through imagining the lives of others and the novel Mm -hmm. is a form that is, you know, has been created for that purpose. I don't see how we can not require our students to read stories. Yeah. That would be my broadside is we must, we must read. I mean, people yeah. just have to read. Want to get involved with exhibitions or interviews? Email us at team at Thank you for listening.